know what that is, Andy? Are we aboard the Kakanov train? <laughs> God, you know me too well, my friend. You know me too well. That is me getting aboard the Kakanov train. And I was already on it. That's but right. now I'm front row. I'm in the, you know, I'm getting into the meal card. I'm spending money. I'm playing blackjack. <laughs> I'm doing everything. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say after the Paris Masters event? Well, for listeners of the podcast, you know, you know how big a supporters we are of the talent Kakanoff is. You know, the only player to really push those top few guys and at Paris this week cemented it, beating Djokovic handily in the final. Absolutely. Know? And look, he's been a player that we've talked about, I think from our third episode, where we talked about, is this the tournament for Kakanov when we were doing our Wimbledon preview. Wow. And now look at him. Look at him. He's, uh, his, I don't know what he is on the ATP. I think he's 12th. Um, and he's also 12th in UTR. So it's not an accident. He's, um, he's right up there with the best players in the world now. And I'll tell you what, next year, he's going to be a top 10 player. Oh, yeah. You said, you said it last week. He's going to be a top 10. I thought, oh, yeah, top 10, top 15. And then, you know, wins the tournament this week, 1,000 points. Boom, you're up there. 12. And what impressed me, Andy, was not just the fact that he won the tournament, which is extremely impressive, um, but it's the way that he won it. Um, let's just look at a few of his results here. So he started out beating uh, Philippe Krahinovic, uh, five and two. Yeah, top top player on the rise. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew Ebden, he beat six two two zero retired. So maybe Ebden was struggling with injury, but he was still being dominated. He beat John Isner six four six seven seven six. That was that was my pick for the tournament. You remember? Yes, uh, I do. Fast courts. I thought Isner had a shot, but that was the only set, right? Yeah. Quarterfinals. He took down Zverev one and two. Hiding. Woo! Look out. Then he beat Dominic Team 6-4-6-1. And then he took down Novak Djokovic. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's yeah. an upcoming young Serbian. <laughs> uh, 7-5-6-4 in the final. Yeah. Favorite for the tournament. He smashed him. Favorite for you the know, tournament. Uh, maybe Djokovic was had a little less in him after his match with Federer, which we'll mm-hmm. probably get into in a bit. Yep. Um, what a match that was. Absolutely. Um, well, know. I mean... Watching that match, I couldn't see much of a difference between Djokovic and Federer, to be honest. But Djokovic is just so... I mean, it's like he is there getting every ball back and you have to beat him. Yeah, I think that shows. See, the match shows that it's close, but to me the stats show a different story. Oh, yeah. Uh, Federer had two breakpoint opportunities in the entire match, Mm. both in the second set and he converted one of them. Wow. Djokovic had 12 over the three sets and didn't convert any. So wow. if he converted one or two of those breakpoint opportunities out of the 12, like he normally would, the match could have been over a lot quicker. So the score perhaps flattered Federer a little bit. Well, yeah, I'm not saying, you know... Well, that, maybe a little bit. But, but that's that's how I interpreted the stats from the match. That's a, And that's a great stat to bring up. Does it also show how... How clutch Federer is when facing break points. How clutch he is on big points. It also shows to me how often a guy like Djokovic is in a return of serve game. Yeah. You know, he's always at that 30 all, 30 40 opportunity, putting pressure on to try to break. You know, 12 opportunities. That's impressive. I think it was like 5, 4, and 3 or something like that throughout the match. Mm. Impressive. Is Djokovic now, after his run for the for, through the second half of the year, the best player in the world? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the universal tennis rating backs us up, Andy. It's got uh, Djokovic number one with 16.23 rating out of 16.5. Nadal at two, Del Potro at three, Chilich at four, Federer at five. Yep, that sounds right. It does you know, sound right, doesn't and, it? And what did you say Kakanov was? 12. 12. 
All right. Yeah, I see him being higher next year. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, the other talking point for me from Paris, and we spoke about last week in our lead-up, was Jack Sock. Yeah. How lucky was he that Nadal pulled out? Huh? <laughs> well, lucky, but um, now Jack Sock becomes the fourth player to start the year in the top 10 and finish outside the top 100 without injuries. Without injuries and yeah. without retiring, maybe? Yeah. Because, wow. His record was 9-21 and 21 for the year. Jesus, um, Let me just mention the other players. So, Mancini, I've never heard of him, but he was number 10 in the world in 1990, and then he finished the year at 127. I'm pleased I haven't heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I bet you've heard of the next two. Okay. Uh, Sergi Bruguera. Okay. Can I guess one of them? You can. Agassi? No. Ooh. Okay. Bruguera, yeah? Uh, Sergi Bruguera. So that was 1998, and he finished the year at 132. Sure. And I'll give you the year of the next person. All right. Um, he started 2004, ranked number nine in the world, and finished it at 109. What do you got? 2004. How good are you? 2004. Now, I'm trying, a, I'm trying you, to think of a hint without giving it can away. Can you give me a country? Well, I think that'll give it away too, but oh. I'll, I'll try you. Australia. Oh, it hasn't given it away. It's either Pat Rafter, or Hewitt, or Philippousis. Correct. Yeah, Philippousis. <laughs> yes, that's exactly yeah, right. The scud, the scud the, missile. The, the, the brain was turning. Yeah. The brain was working. <laughs> and now Jack Sock, who started the year at uh, number eight after his impressive Paris Masters performance last year, um, is now going to be probably projected to be 105. Okay. Yeah, it's not as bad as I was saying he was going to be. Well, yet, I'll tell you, you know. what, if he didn't get to the quarterfinals... He would have been outside the top 150, I think. Yeah, 180 points he yeah. got from that. He's defending those. It's Yeah, he's a lucky boy. He's a very <laughs> lucky boy. But, I mean, in saying that, that's going to get him into maybe the Aussie Open? Maybe. 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 And he's going to oh. be requiring wild cards or qualifying for the rest of the year. Because... So if he doesn't have a really... If he doesn't get a bit of luck on his side and have a really good run, his singles career is probably done. Yeah, for a, yeah, well, who knows? I think being American, you get a lot of help. Like, um, you know, after the Australian Open, you've got, you know, Indian Wells, Miami, a tournament in New York, Delray Beach. Then you've got Houston. They've got all these wild cards. And then at the end of the year, you've got more wild cards. Mm, U.S. Open, Cincinnati, Winston-Salem. Mm. There's all these opportunities for American players with wild cards. But there's also a lot of American players just outside the top 100 that will want those as well. Yeah, that are coming up. Yeah. And, that have, that, and who that, do you give them to? That are more hungry for that opportunity than someone that's probably already been there and got that. Yeah. You know, it's hard to wake up and chase that million dollars if you're waking up in silk robes, right? <laughs> that's true. He, he, still, he, he still made $600,000 this year. Losing that much. Yeah. You know? I mean... I mean, doubles he probably made that easily. Yeah. Exactly. More, more than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he would have, definitely. Wow. Yeah. So um, so that's the Paris Masters recap. Can, can we just say something about the doubles from Paris? Yeah, please. Granolas and Rajiv Ram, they went through and they won the doubles unseated without losing a set. Okay. Pretty easy. But I am surprised that Granolas played doubles this week. Um He's been out there trying to build his singles ranking up this past year. Mm -hmm. He's got it up to just inside top 100, and he's about 98 in the world. But this year he played 16 challenges and 10 ATP doubles, and he played all of the Grand Slams. Um, he's ranked top 30 in doubles. Last year he played the year-end event mm. in doubles, so he's obviously top 
doubles player in the world. Yeah. It's uh it's just a surprise that there's a lot of these guys that could be the top echelon doubles that always go back and try to play singles. Right? What, I talk what do you think about what's the reason for that? I don't know, there's more money in it. Yeah. Uh sometimes that's more of a drive that they have. They see themselves as more of a singles player. Well, we've spoken about what a grind the doubles tour is in general, how you have to be basically in the top 20 to be guaranteed entry to a lot of tournaments anyway. Um, yeah, but he's got that ranking and he's not taking advantage of it. He probably has yeah. aspirations to be... To be to, back in the singles top. Yeah. You know, he was there at one stage, you know, top 50 player. Mm. But it's, um, yeah, it's very interesting yeah. to follow, right? It is. Um, okay, so moving on to the, the next gen... Uh, championships in Milan, which start, I believe, on Tuesday. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, but it's a, a well. Let me tell you, Andy, it's not just a bit of fun; it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I am extremely excited about this event. Um, I spoke earlier about the Labor Cup being my favorite event, and it still is, still is. But uh, boy, this could be a close second. And, I, and let me tell you why. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But let's go through the field really quick. Yes. Um, so basically, you have to be under twenty or twenty-one and under um, years of age. Alexander Zverev is not playing because he qualifies for the London event. So for the second year in a row, he could have played this event. He's got two and a half times as many points as the number two player, but he's skipping it. Fair enough. Uh, Tsitsipas is number two by quite a long way as well, actually. Um, and then we've got uh, Denis Shapovalov, who is actually withdrawn due okay. to exhaustion. Um, and then the rest of the field goes Alex D. Menor, Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz, Andre Rublev, I'm going to mess up this guy's name, but I believe it's Jaume Muna. Yep. The Spaniard. That's good. And Hubert Hercas. Okay. Is that Polish guy? Yes. Yes. Um, so that's the field. Uh, I think I think it's a pretty exciting field. Um, I, I like Tsitsipas. I like Mano- Di Menor. I like TFO. And I really like Fritz. So yeah. I like Rublev. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, whoa. I think it's a good tournament, you know. It is. First of four, right? Yep. It's a you. You got some of the rules there, Gareth. Yeah. So, so why, why, why should we bother to watch this event? It's not you're not getting any points. You know, what, what, why should the the punters check it out? Well, let me tell you. Um, this tournament has short sets to four with no ads. Uh, there are no doubles lines on the courts. Just the, just the singles lines. It it's reminds like, me it's like of the those, old school Masters like Cup. The old school yeah, Masters Cup, where it was sick. just singles lines, and pe- people freak out. Yeah. Like tennis purists freak out watching a court. They're like, "Why are there no doubles lines? I can't, can't look at there, it." There's a club here in town that has one, and people get that they're afraid to play on it because of how it looks. Exactly, exactly. Um, there are no lines judges, Andy. No, no, no lines judges. Is that a first? I believe it was the same last year. Wow. Uh, short warm ups. So when the players walk on the court, the shot clock starts. Four minutes. That's when the match starts. That's fair. I'm a big fan of that. And let me tell you why. When players go out onto the court, and I don't know if uh, casual observers are aware of this, they're not warming up. The players have already warmed up. They're out there just to get rid of the nerves for a few minutes. They haven't just hopped out of the car and no. walked to the tennis court <laughs> no, to start playing haven't. their match. No, they haven't. They've already been on court. They've already warmed up probably 45 minutes. They've probably been sitting on a bike, warming up the legs, stretching, whatever they're doing to get ready for that match. They've already done it. They're not just stepping out on court like the average Sunday league. They've already just, they've already got their lather on. They've, right? It's <laughs> a great way to put it. Yeah. They're already ready to go by the time they step out. It's just that last few balls and here we go. Exactly. 
uh, shot clock, 25 seconds, and it's going to be rigorously enforced. Great. I've, I've been promised. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, without the players like Djokovic in there, probably doesn't have to worry yeah, about it anyway. No, it won't be an issue anyway. I think it should be 20 seconds. Heard it here first. Uh, and here, look, Andy, you're going to like this one. 20 seconds, no ball, boys, no nothing. Here we go. Go. <laughs> exactly. Run. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> um, towel rack. There are no ball boys taking towels off the people. Wow, I saw If they, if they want to go put their towel back, they've got to go put it on a rack and hang it up. I saw Vadesco semi-apologize this week for that. Semi-apologize? Yeah, he said, uh, I'm sorry for talking fast. Sorry, <laughs> I had to get my point across in 25 seconds. It was humid. Uh, like, okay, man. Um, I, I brought this up to you probably a month or two ago, Andy, that I don't like the fact that uh, grown men are wiping sweat off their faces and throwing them at ball kids. Yes. And uh, this alleviates that. And I'm actually proud of uh, proud of the organizers for doing Towel that. Tower racks. That's great. Tower racks. <laughs> um, player coaching, you're allowed to be coached. At the, at, I, I couldn't get a definitive answer on this, but it seems like just in between sets... Which is fine, and it will be broadcast, so you'll oh, be able cool. to listen to yeah. it. I'm a fan of that. I yeah. watched one a few weeks ago, and it changed a match around, and just seeing how some coaches and players deal with each other on that level is, is great. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, free movement in the stands, so you're not, you don't have to shut up, firstly. Whoa! You can just you can talk. You can uh, you know you we, can we walk, can have a conversation. You can you can talk. walk to your seat without having to stop and wait for a point That's to finish. That's exactly right. Oh, what a deal! Yep. There's no there's no uh, ushers standing there saying no. You can't go in yet. It's fifteen love, and Prince Federer has to have a serve. <laughs> he has to have a clear line of sight. Nah, screw that. You're allowed to move around. It's great. Right. Great atmosphere. Seems like a party. It does, and it should be. The sport should be a party. It's a great product. And we're trying to stifle it with these antiquated rules, yeah. Andy. Especially with the young, this young generation tournament, right? Exactly. It should be geared up for fun and young. 100%. Look, I hope, with the exception of the short sets to four, I love everything else about this tournament. I think the, I think the sets should still be to six, but apart from that, I'm yeah, a big fan. Playing the five sets in the, yeah. in the later matches sort of makes up for that, but it's... Well, it's I think, that, I think well, all of them are for, all of them are best of five sets. Yeah. I should say the the problem for me is that too many sets go to a tiebreaker because they go to three three and it's a tiebreaker. Yeah. I don't want to see every set like four three three four four three. I'd rather just see like you know six four six four or whatever it is. But that's just me. I'm just just one man. Um, and the last thing is, and this is revolutionary, Andy. This is the this is this year is that they're going to be incorporating video review. Now, what does that mean? Good question. So, basically, they can look back at not-ups, like double bounces. Oh, okay. They can look at double hits. They can look at line calls. They can look at reaching over the net. They can look at all that stuff in video review, and it will be instantaneous. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's how it should be anyway with Hawkeye, and yep. they should have that, that technology should have all come in one. Yeah. Um, but that's cool that it's finally coming through. Absolutely. So will you be watching, Andy, uh, with all these innovations? Well, with nothing else happening this week, I think I should be. Um, <laughs> exactly. There's nothing else on, guys. You, know, you might as well get amongst it. It's, uh, and it's young players that you need to know coming mm-hmm. through, bar the Kakanov and uh, Denaris and whoever. This is the younger crew. Exactly right. No, so it should be an exciting event. I couldn't find a draw yet. I don't think it's been announced. 
um, because basically there's eight players. It's the same as the London event. Eight players, two groups of four, round robins, followed by semis and final. Last week, I think, last year, I think they had some lovely ladies introducing them. Oh, did I they? I think they, they got to select what woman they wanted, and that was what draw they were in. Something quite funny like that. Wait, the players selected what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? goodness yeah. gracious. I think, well, I think I'll leave that one alone. It was, alone. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, do you have any... I mean, look, without seeing the draw, it's tough to pick exactly, but I'll tell you who I like in this event, Yeah. Um, and that's Taylor Fritz. Yeah, he's he's my player that I would put as could be a surprise to get through. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Sitsipas. Yeah, and well, uh, he's the safe pick, obviously. And and indoors, Rublev might just be go spanking that ball around. Who knows? Yep. Yeah, those would be my. I mean, I like Diafo. Mm. Um, I've been quite high on him, and we'll see how he goes. I don't think he's of that top ten range. No, we're not. Few are, you know. Yeah, well, there's only ten. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> only ten at any given time. But but you know, when you've been following some for a while, that's where you'd hope they'd go. But that's what's so impressive about Kakanov living up to these expectations. Absolutely. Um, so we'll just pivot into the listener question, which comes from uh, my boy Shuey, and that is of the upcoming men's crop, who will spend the most time in the top five in the next five years? Um, I'm just going to throw out just a couple of people uh, who I really like. Um, we've already spoken about Kachanov, but obviously, to, for me, he's at the top of my list. Yep. I think he's got a great game. He's not intimidated by anybody, um, and he, he doesn't have a, a weakness that I can you see. You see anyone I've seen that's pushed Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic in the same year. Yes. Right? And some of them back-to-back matches. It's, it's incredible what he's done. Yeah. Alexander Zverev is an obvious choice. I mean, he's in the under twenty ones. Uh, he he does very well week to week. He just he can't put it together for the majors yet, but he will. It's just I think it's a matter of when. Yeah. For him, um, Sitsipas. He, he, I've got a controversial opinion about Sitsipas. Go for it. Um, I think he has overperformed this year. I don't think we're gonna see the same high level out of him next year. I think he's going to have a bit of a sophomore slump. Oh, and we'll see. Big call, I the, mean. The, 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 reason, the reason I think that is because he, he's got a good, solid game, but he doesn't have a major weapon. No. You know? He's relatively short. He doesn't have a big serve. He's got a one-handed backhand. I think people are going to figure out how to play him. I think he's going to have a solid year next year. I don't think he's going to do better but that happens in your second third years and people will start to have more clues on your game and mm-hmm. you know the tells are there and especially with the way these guys are charting matches nowadays it's scary yes you know they get a three hour match condensed down into 30 minutes and you yeah. can get whatever stats you need um, of the upcoming crop I mean Shapovalov has already seen quite a lot of success um, I think he's going to continue at the rate he's at I think he's going to play better than 500 I think he's going to be Top forty, that that might be where he lives for a while. Yeah, it's pretty good. And but that that's that's not to put him down. That's good. Yeah. It's really good. It's really hard. Um, the two other players that I'll mention that I think have tremendous upside and could get very high, are Alex De Menor and Felix Algier. Yeah. I think those are the two players that in the next couple of years could really push on and have great great ratings. See, I think De Menor is limited. Um... You know, can he be top 10? Yes. So is David Ferrer, right? Well, David Ferrer was 
five for a long time. Yeah, and I feel and, like and that's I feel where like, he could be. I feel like that's the type of player he is. Absolutely, like he's going to be the best counter painter of his generation. Yep. Or you know, the next five years possibly, yep. and could be sort of a, a, Goff, has, a David Goffin. Yeah, has, has, yeah, even slightly better. And it has limitations, right? Yep. It's but but against ninety nine percent of the world, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a couple for you. Okay. I like um, one of the guys this week he won a challenger. I think it's back-to-back. Miramir Kecmanovic, Serbian guy. Um, back-to-back challenges to end the year. Um, I think young he's, guy? Yep, young. I think he's 20, maybe 19. and He's on the rise. Um, that's about him and Popperin, the Australian boy. I'm always okay. interested in people who go from New Zealand to Australia and go and win a French Open. It doesn't happen. No. And uh, if you're doing that at a young age, you must have something special. So be interesting to see how he develops over time. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Federer is not committing to the Davis Cup next year, Andy. No. Um, no. I'm not surprised. No. You know. Uh, well, when was the last time you played Davis Cup? 2015. So why would so you know how is it news? You know he doesn't he doesn't play Davis Cup anymore. That's his thing. Yeah. Well. I don't think they see it as important now, you know, and playing five sets during the middle of not playing Grand Slams is not as important for them. Mm. But, you know, Jiro Piquet, who's the guy who's bringing through these new tournaments, Majesty Cup, etc., he said, the focus on the new Lord Davis Cup should be about the teams and not individuals. So he's not too concerned about Federer and someone like Djokovic not willing to participate in the competition yet. He said they're still welcome to come on over. Mm. If they want to play, but at the moment it's not their part. It's not our priority to get them here. No, and yeah, like like we mentioned, it's it's if they weren't playing anyway, it's not a big loss for Davis Cup as a brand. Davis Cup, in my opinion, is for the purists and the loyalists, and they're trying to bring it to the populists, which is great because. Tennis needs another good team event. Yeah. We've seen how popular the Lever Cup is and how fantastic that event is. If the Davis Cup can get anything like the atmosphere in that event, it'll be fantastic. And and promoting nations. Yeah. Right? Everyone loves getting behind their own country and yes. and seeing that thrive. Yeah. So having it in an event at one place, very much like the Soccer World Cup, is awesome. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, anything to add to that, Andy? Got any, uh, any picks no, or anything? No, no real picks this week. Yeah. Uh, we it's it's hard with the draw not announced yet. To no, picks, no but. draw, and I think we'll just wait to see what happens at this year-end event for the for the Masters. We'll probably talk about that next week. Yep. Um, this week, we'll see. I think yeah. Pass might have it, but you you calling it. He might not win a match, which I wouldn't be surprised. It's t- and especially with this event, like we see, it's a little bit different because the rules are different and, you know, there's no money. Well, I guess there is money, there's but money there's no on points on offer. Um, so it's a little bit different, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll still see some good tennis and it'll be fantastic for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, okay, so we will be back next week to uh, recap the next gen event and also look ahead to London and uh, the draw should be set for that. So that'll be, uh, that'll be really good. Uh, I think Djokovic is still going to be the guy to beat there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Nadal plays. Yeah, because um, he's pulled out of Paris, obviously. Yeah, and... So I think that might open up. Kakanov might be very close to getting if he's 11 in the rankings. Yeah, I think he's just like, a bridge too far. Like Dalpo out. Um, I think another couple of people. Nadal maybe out. be out. One more out and you're yeah. in, right? So yeah. it's, who knows? We'll see. You might have to make the trip to sit on the bench. <laughs> well, it's not a bad trip to make. 
Okay, so uh, that's it for us this week. We are Two Guys Talk Tennis. I'm Gareth, that's Andy. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you want us to discuss a certain topic, please reach out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. If you like the cut of our jib, please subscribe, rate, and share. Till next week.